Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'd like, to thank you all for tuning into the show. As always, I got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we are coming your way with the 83rd edition of the Don't Kill a Messengers podcast. First thing we're about to get into for this edition of the show is we're about to start off with some boxing. Uh, last week, we had a pretty great fight in Triple G versus Canelo. Uh, I know a lot of people were kind of pissed off about the decision. We're about to get into that right now. Uh, but uh, just started off, man. Uh, Darnell, what were your thoughts on the fight? It was a really exciting fight. Uh, it was good to see two people at the top of their game uh, getting in there and going at it. Uh, unlike the, the sideshow of a few weeks ago. <laughs> um, this has been the fight I've been excited to see and, and it delivered. Uh, the action was there. Uh, it was, it was good boxing all yeah. around. Yeah, I definitely agree, man. It was just good to see, you know, two guys at their peak, uh, just going at it, willing to challenge each other. Um, even including just, uh, moving up in weight, uh, to get it in just to see who was the best. Uh, just started off, man. Uh, I'm just impressed with both those guys' chins, man, because both of them was throwing some bombs, man, and those guys just kept going no matter what. Um, so that was just impressive in itself. But another thing, too, was uh, with Canelo, uh, you know, with him moving up in weight, I uh, was a little nervous about him coming into his fight, uh, not with his power, but with his speed. Um, and he looked... Uh, Pretty fast up in those, up in that weight class, man. Didn't look like he lost a step whatsoever. So, uh, that was just good on both parts. Uh, yeah, uh, Canelo's team, uh, nutritionists and trainers, they, they did a great job getting him to put that extra weight on and not have a big speed drop off or anything. He, he looked crisp and you could tell he was stronger too. Yeah. Yeah, that was just. Yeah. Uh, oh, you got something to say, Todd? Yeah, I'll just jump in. You know, I I like, you know, basically what you both have to say about the fight. You know, Darnell kind of touched on it. Like these these are two legit boxers. Like, like this wasn't, you know, for the pay per view. This wasn't for the for the sales. This was for legit boxing. And you know, I saw you know basically majority of the highlights and. And everything, and uh, I didn't see the fight live, but you know I have it playing right now as well. You know, j- just the idea that this was basically for the boxing purist, while the other fight was for nothing more than entertainment value. And even though, like I, I couldn't have picked either of these guys in a lineup, you know, a week ago. <laughs> really, I couldn't. The only reason I think I know Canelo is from the beer commercials with Sylvester Stallone. Like, be or, bold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that. Like that's the only reason I know who he is. But like, it, it's the idea that I I like to see, you know, two in this respect, two guys at the top of what they do, fighting it out. You know, we're, we're not we're not watching, you know, two well one guy in Mayweather fighting a guy who, you know, didn't really have a chance. Yeah. Him not. McGregor, you know, this, this was for the purists. I think this revitalized something into boxing. The other fight, I don't think did a thing for boxing. Yeah. You know, I think, I think this may have turned a few heads towards boxing 
Um, but, you know, overall, you know, I would agree it was a good fight. Both guys landed their fair share. Um, you know, I'm sure Trey will ask the question about the decision in a minute, so I'm not really gonna, gonna touch on that. But, you know, just the idea that both of these guys fought a very good match. Like, I, I was, I was impressed by what I've seen. I'm impressed by what I'm watching right now on it. But yeah, just, you know, I, I feel like both of these guys have the respect of really anybody who watched that fight, even if you didn't know who they were before. Yeah. All right, you brought it up, Todd, man. I got, got to get right into it, uh, that decision. Um, one judge gave it 114-114. The other gave uh, Golovkin 115-113. And... The other judge gave it 118 to 110 for Canelo Alvarez. First thing that went to your mind when you saw that, Darnell. Who paid off the white <laughs> judge? That, I mean, that was all I could see. I mean, I, I was one of those that watched the fight where I was, I mean, in my mind, it was clear that Triple G won the fight. A- after rewatching it, like, I could see how somebody might score it a little closer. Yeah. But I have no idea how anybody could score it that Canelo won 10 out of 12 rounds. That's yeah. just not feasible. Yeah. I, like, so, I mean, all I all I could think is somehow somebody got, got to her on that one. Yeah, man. You know, I said, said it time and time again on here, man, especially when it comes to boxing. You know, like the UFC, it'll have some questionable calls. Um, every once in a while, but man, when it just comes to boxing, uh, some of these judges will just have you shaking your head, man. Um, if you were to look at it, you know, uh, don't get me wrong, you know, Triple G, you know, I, I believe Triple G went up in there and handled, handled business and won. Uh, but Canelo, he definitely put up a fight. You know, this is not a knock on him at all. He definitely went in there and, uh, strutted his stuff and did a good job in the ring, but, um, I had to give that to Triple G as well, man. But it was, that was just like, wow. And, you know, but part of me is, you know, yeah, the whole paying it off thing too. But, uh, I'm kind of looking at it as well, man. This is like what I was saying last week. This could possibly be the last, you know, pay per view worthy fight. Um, we could really be seeing in boxing in a long time. So, you know, with these two guys, uh, with their magnitude, with their greatness going up into that ring, uh, milk it, you know, have a draw, then get, uh, part two going and, you know, so forth. So they could continue to get some people to look at the sport. But, um, that was just awful, man. Uh, you know, I, I just, I don't know what else to say. Um, I definitely had Triple G winning it. Uh, like I said, Canelo, he did a good job, but I just, yeah, I don't see. What was up with that at all, man? Yeah, I, and, and, and as someone who doesn't really know exactly how scoring is really done, like, I, I, you basically can give an eye test for who wins around. Uh, but it, as far as the technical scoring and all that, you know, I, I'm not exactly even sure what they do. But, you know, just, you know, sit, Trey and, well, you both know I watched the Manny Pacquiao versus Jeff Horn fight. And ever since then, I'll never trust a boxing judge. Ever. <laughs> I don't even think I would trust him to watch my dog. You know? Like, it, it, that fight was, in my opinion, scored so poorly. 
Like, yeah. it wasn't even a draw. The wrong guy won the fight. <laughs> Just straight up the wrong guy. Yeah. So to see that this ended in a draw, I kind of sit here and say, you know, I'm not exactly surprised. Uh, <clears throat> you know, like you said, Trey, maybe they are trying to set up for a part two and then who knows what after that. Um, I don't think it would get the same hype in a part two only because it's one, it's boxing. Um, you know, we didn't see one guy win. I feel like if one of the guys were to win, part two could get hyped again. Like we're watching, you know, and I hate to bring this up now, but it's not like we're watching John Jones knock out Cormier and then we're seeing another fight after that. You know, here we saw, we saw a draw. It was kind of very anticlimactic. It was very anticlimactic on how it finished with the draw. Yeah. And I just don't think that would get people really up and excited for a second fight. Now, if there, if there was either a winner or a knockout, yeah, definitely a second fight would, would easily be there. I, I still think a second fight could do well, but I don't think the hype would be there. Yeah. Like, I, I've been thinking on that one, just like going back to what Ty was just talking about. You had, you had that Pacquiao decision where. You know, everybody that watched the fight was sure Pacquiao won that fight, yet it went to Horn. Then you have this fight where, at at worst, it was a close win by Golovkin, but I could see somebody scoring it where he probably won nine rounds, yet you have a judge giving Canelo ten rounds and, and it being a uh, a draw. Like, is boxing shooting itself in the foot? Yeah, because if you can't tr- if you can't trust your eyes watching a fight, or it can go that far the other way by a fight, unless I'm sure whoever the better fight is will finish and make sure they don't get screwed. Yeah, and you know, just another thing, um, <clears throat> how I feel um, about it. Um, in this case, it was a draw, so. Um, you know, there's not a you know a L or a win on a, their uh, win and loss column. Uh, but for me, how I feel, man, um, you know, I, I know there was a female judge, but man, if I was a boxer, dude, I would do, when I s- hear that, I would feel like just going out there whooping those judges' ass, man. I I I just think that's just one of the most disrespectful things that you can just do to a person in all of sports, really. Uh, especially just like with boxing, because those guys are, you know, train in MMA too, but those guys are in there just training, putting their livelihood on the line, uh, countless sparring sessions. Then they go in the ring taking, and like I said, those guys was out there slinging it to each other, putting up some big hits, um, landing some big punches on them. And, you know, those are some shots that could take, you know, uh, just take damage to years off your life. Yeah, years <laughs> off your life. Exactly. Yeah. So for you know to go to go up in that ring and then just to hear that type of uh, stuff going on, just to see it through the judges, man, I would I would have just snapped. But uh, you know, so I got to give them credit for that. But man, I just like straight up, man, I just think that's just one of the most disrespectful things you can just do in all of sports. Like that's just ridiculous. 
I'll, I'll, I'll admit it, Trey. I thought you were going to go somewhere completely different with how you started that conversation with the female judge. I thought that was going to go in a completely <laughs> different direction. <laughs> I have to admit that you went for female judge to, I don't yeah. know how you can call it a I don't, I don't condone, you know, putting hands on women or anything like that. Hey, so. hey, I, I know all, all, all I know is I thought that was something completely different. <laughs> Thank goodness it didn't. Yeah, you're telling me. But, you know, I'll, I'll agree with you though, Trey. And, and I've thought, I've thought about that, whether it's UFC or boxing, like, I do, I agree with you. You do owe it to one of those guys to declare a winner. Yeah. They're, they're going in there to win. Now, granted, some decisions would be easier to make than others. Now, unless they knocked each other out at the same time, I don't know how else you could really score that, but, you know, I, I I would agree with you. I feel like, you know, one of those guys, one fighter deserves to win. Yeah. Now, I guess that that would raise a question, and I don't know, I guess, really what the rules are for boxing or or MMA. And but like, how many fights did did this fight go? How many rounds? How many what? How many, how many rounds? Yeah, 12. yeah. 12. Sorry, yeah. it went twelve rounds. Now I, I understand you don't just fight all night until you get a winner, but wouldn't you at least like, like at least give? And, and it's so hard because like we're giving you twelve rounds to win the fight. Overtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, give me like one why, if, if we want if we want a clear winner, why don't we fight till we get one? There, there is, I mean, it's not boxing. There is precedent in that as far as the UFC goes. I mean, these are considered amateur bouts, but in their yearly, uh, ultimate fighter tournaments where they're fighting for contracts, the, the, everything up until the final, they, they do two round fights with a sudden death round if they split them. So, okay. I mean, I, there is some precedent there. I guess I haven't seen it in a actual professional fight because those those fights don't actually go on their record. But there there is it's happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's I mean you know it's an interesting idea to happen. You know it's just yeah I'll call it boxing overtime. I don't care. <laughs> Sudden death. You know, just I, like you get one you you get one sucker punch on the other guy and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even though that's probably the one sport you wouldn't want to call it sudden death. True. <laughs> that's, that is very true. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, I think we pretty much uh, touched a lot on this. Uh, anything else to add for this fight? A great fight. Still, I just mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I feel bad for both fighters that they yeah. weren't given a an actual winner. Yeah. You know, just like I just said, reiterated, man, you put in all those hours. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure, uh, Triple G's, uh, him and his camp were pretty confident they were going to get the W. Um, and it's a draw. Uh, but real quick, Darren, I was going to ask you, um, you said you felt it was close. Um, one of the judges did score 115, 113. Uh, you think it was that close or? I personally don't. I, I got, I'm still pretty comfortable with, how I saw the fight, but depending on how you, what you put more weight on as far as, uh, judging a fight, I could see, I, I, 
I'm okay with his score. Yeah. Uh, like I could see, it, especially in some of those later rounds where Canelo got a little more aggressive. He he was still against the ropes a lot and counter punching a lot and was taking shots even though he was giving them. I I lean Golovkin still on in those rounds, but I could see how somebody might eat a couple of those rounds. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Uh, you had anything else to add, Ty? Nope. All right. Okay, up but next, uh, you, you said something? Yeah, I said it's not my forte, but. Oh, okay. Did a pretty good job, man. But All right. Yeah. You know, I, I try to mix it up, throw in some interesting ideas. Yeah. A punch off. Yeah. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, up next, we're about to touch a little bit on the NBA. Uh, this is talk about Kyrie Irving. Uh, he had an interview on first take. Uh, it's about the whole situation up in Cleveland. Uh, this is really like the first time he came out and really talked about it. Uh, so it's everything that went on. Um, with him in Cleveland, LeBron and whatnot. Uh, but guys, just what were your whole just thoughts on the interview that he gave? I mean, it was good that he allowed himself to be asked questions, but I felt like I needed a Kyrie translator to try to pick <laughs> anything out of it. Yeah. He might as well like, have just pleaded the fifth one. Huh? Like, yeah, like I needed the decoder ring for every like you could see you could tell he he was trying to get certain things across but just not verbally saying it. Yeah. And just some some looks he would give and but I mean it, there were some things you could glean off of it. I, I'm not sure how much he helped himself because like I mean truth be told I felt like he was an a-hole to Max Kellerman. Like, oh, yeah. just trying to treat it like it was a moron talking to him or something where he's asking valid questions. Uh, but, I mean, it, it, it was clear that there was some kind of beef between him and LeBron uh, just by how much he avoided trying to say anything in regards to LeBron, yet he was quick to say how he loved the other teammates and all that kind of stuff. Uh it had its good parts. It had its bad parts, but I don't think we learned anything especially new. Yeah. Uh, just uh, before you get your little two cents in, Ty, um, you guys felt as if he probably would have just been better off just kept him quiet, or to a point, I kind of feel like it wouldn't have really mattered. Like we all kind of had that sense that he was getting fed up with everything going on in Cleveland. Um, so, I mean, for him to come out, I, I feel like he just says what we all kind of assumed was the case. And I'm, you know, I wouldn't have cared either way whether he stayed, you know, under the radar, if he came out on, you know, like here first take or any other show. I, I just feel like he kind of came out with what we all assumed was happening anyway. Yeah. And, and, and also, and also, I, you know, I think some true colors. Well, here, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that. So. Okay. Uh, well, you had anything to add to what he said, Darnell? I mean, just, just kind of, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was there. Like, it was, it was entertaining TV, I guess. But like I say, he was just, 
he was trying to be so he was trying to come across as thoughtful about things, but mm-hmm. in trying to seem coy, he just kind of, like I said, kind of hurt his himself a little bit, just being a little bit of a toolbox. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, two, two moments, I guess, to back that up there, Darnell, you know, Max, uh, at one point, Max Kellerman asked Kyrie a question. And Irving's first response was, I think you just care entirely too much. Yeah. And then there was a second instance when Kellerman asked Kyrie a question and he said, I'm sorry, that absolutely made no sense. Well, oh, when he kept, I don't, I don't know what that means as far as playing second fiddle or being a second class citizen. Like you, you, you apparently had good enough grades to get in at Duke. So yeah, either either you're embarrassing a very highly regarded university, which you probably already did, thinking that the earth is flat. But apparently, yeah. you don't know what statements that are hundreds of years old mean. Yeah, you know. But in, I think this kind of also showed us like how, and I want to I want to choose it carefully, but how into himself Kyrie is. Um, you know, we, the report, you know, came out a few months ago that, you know, he was looking to get traded. He's ready to be quote unquote the guy on a team. And this interview with first take really showed me nothing more than he wants it to be about him now. (laughs) And he is like not going to let anybody get in his way. Like if, if it's not about him, he wants nothing to do with it at this point. So to, well, I was saying, if he would have been like just like if he would have said it basically how you said it there and stuck to it, I'd have been perfectly fine with it. Like yeah. I'd say, I'd say the one part of that whole interview where he said kind of his truth, and I was like, I I totally agree with him. Was when Stephen A. was like, "Did you or your people talk to LeBron at all before you got traded?" Yeah. And he was like, "No." And then he asked why, and he was like, "Why would I have to?" I was like, "Yeah." In, in a, Perfect. In, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. In a sense, you know, I, you know, I think, you know, with the him and the beef with LeBron, uh, you know, that was just his reaction, you know, him having problems with LeBron. But other than that, um, in a way, I kind of did feel like him. But you know, how many players have we seen get traded by the uh, GMs and whatnot, and they found out through watching ESPN or somebody else telling them? So, in yeah. a sense. You know, with him being a player, it's like, you know, this is a business. But um yeah. I do, you know, I do believe, you know, just with the beef uh, that he got with LeBron, that's why he did it. Uh But, you know. Yeah. I, but I, really, I, though? Because all the reporting when LeBron went back to Cleveland, he didn't even tell D-Wade. And that's supposed to be his, his ace. Uh, boy. So, like, so why would somebody have to tell LeBron that they asked for a trade? Like. I, I know he's the best player in the world, but it's like it, he's not he's not Kyrie's wife or mom, so yeah. I don't think that's, that's news he needs to know. Yeah. And and also on top of that, like as much as we say, oh, you know, LeBron's running that front office, he isn't the front office. Like he's he's not LeBron isn't the guy going out negotiating trades. Mm-hmm. Even though LeBron may have a big say in them. That come that come to Cleveland, but I mean, 
I I agree with Darnell. Kyrie had no reason why he would have to tell LeBron James if he wants to be traded. Yeah. Like that that's that's basically LeBron being a babysitter to the team and feeling like he has to be in control. And you know, and I think it also kind of at least how he responded to the question with, you know, why would I have to? That that also kind of showed me like you know, once again, that Kyrie's not going to allow anything to get in his way now. Like, he's mm-hmm. starting to get this humongous chip on his shoulder that I don't think we've ever seen before out of him. So, it's, it, to me, it's the idea that he he wants to be the guy so bad that he's bringing the attitude with him. And I don't, I don't think he needs to be the attitude to be the guy. I think this game can talk for him, but I wouldn't be surprised if Kyrie becomes a soundbite this year. Yeah. Constantly. Every every post game interview, he'll have something. I, I won't be shy. Well, yeah, and don't they don't they open the, the year against each other? I believe so. Mm. Yeah, that that thing, Cleveland, yeah, Boston, like, our, our game yeah. one. Wait, I have to check that real quick. Cleveland Cavs schedule. Uh, they play October seventeenth, but I don't know if that's that's the that's the season not. opener. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah so that's a, so we don't have to I, wait yeah, long for yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's gonna be interesting it, to see for sure. It is. Yeah, it'll it'll be fun. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, all right, guys. Um, anything else to add for uh, Kyrie Irving? I mean, with everything said there, uh, I do still may think Kyrie probably made the wrong choice. He's probably not. He, he didn't make himself a better team or anything. But yeah. Well, what I think, what I think will be really interesting is if, for some reason, we see Isaiah Thomas have a better season than Kyrie. I think that would that would make make it a very interesting decision by Kyrie to want to get out. Um, now I'm not necessarily saying, oh, Isaiah Thomas scores more points, but if we see, you know, upticks in Isaiah Thomas's numbers and we don't see an increase from Kyrie Irving, like, yeah. it, 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 especially, especially if we don't get a Celtics Cleveland Eastern Conference Finals. Oh yeah, well, and and I mean, Kyrie kind of painted himself into a little bit of a corner during that interview too, because one of the reasons he gave for wanting to get out was so he could be a quote true point guard. That's true. Wow. Part of it, I guess, he was he was he was tired of playing off playing off the ball in Cleveland, which I mean, I figured that was another shot at LeBron being yeah. ball dominant, but. Yeah. Apparently, he he wants to get out there and and really play his position. So, I, I think there's going to be a little bit of microscope there because he he was oh, yeah. trying to say he he didn't he was he felt like he was being typecast as that ISO ISO one on one player, yeah. and he feels he's more than that. If he doesn't show that this year, I think uh, the the lights might get a little bright on him. Yeah, that's definitely going yeah, to be definitely. awesome to see. Yeah. And been a true PG. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys. Uh, up next, we're about to hop right to some NCAA football. Um, first thing we're about to talk about is start a little bit of the last week. Uh, 
Clemson versus Louisville. Uh, Clemson gave them that work. Uh, what did you guys think about that game? Clemson's for real. <laughs> yep, they are they, for real. They are not rebuilding. Yeah. No, like, is it is it safe to say that there's no longer a quarterback discussion in Clemson? Oh yeah. <laughs> like, I'm still not even sure what that guy's name is. All I know is he's good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. I feel like I, I remember the name for a split second and I forget about it. It's like Deshaun Watson still is Clemson's quarterback to me. But did you did you see after that game, Deshaun Watson came out on Twitter and said, this kid will be better than me. He actually tweeted that last year. Yeah. I mean, they... They... they him. <laughs> yeah. They, they are... They, yeah. they got a beast of a, of a team. I mean, that, that defense is... Ridiculous, and yeah. then, uh, and then Bryant, their quarterback Kelly Bryant, that you're speaking of, yep. Ty, uh, yeah. he stepped up, and he. <laughs> it, there's been no drop off. I mean, when they oh. dropped that 47 on Louisville, it's just like okay, it's, okay. Well, they they might have a shot at repeating. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and I I think the thing that's so impressive about it is bright lights sold out. On the road, college game day and against, he uh, against the Heisman and, Trophy winner, and he looked like he belonged. Mm-hmm. You know, he actually he didn't even look like he belonged. He took control of the situation. You know, he that I was I was very impressed by his play, big time. And I, I you know, and and I don't think we can speak enough about the defense. Like that that defense is. NFL talent, top to bottom. They, they just are. They they really contain uh, Lamar Jackson. He didn't do anything really. Um, well, you know, he, he he did account for all of their scores. I, I, no, I it's it's I true. I won't say that, but I mean, it's 14, true. fourteen of them were in the fourth quarter, so it was kind of yeah garbage time. But yeah, but they I mean, they, they they kept that team in check. Big time. And well, let me put it this way: that defense made a lot of news outlets and Twitter accounts from respected people. You know that Clemson defense made a lot of those things to say that well, no repeat for Lamar Jackson on the Heisman, Mm -hmm. and we're three games into the season, four games, three games. Three games in three games, yeah. Yeah. And they're already saying it's over. It's a good job by a defense, if you ask me. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean <laughs> they they held them to what almost two hundred less yards and then Clemson gained and mm-hmm. they they caused the only turnover at a game and they and what was it like their leading rusher only has sixty four yards, so yeah. Clemson is is for real. This this was not yeah. the the end of a great run last year. They're still here, and they're they they got the taste of championship gold, and they want to go back after it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And how how much of that credit should go? Well, a lot of that credit should go to you know Dabo Sweeney and mm-hmm. the coordinators. You know they're they're still calling great games that play to the strength of this defense and offense. And they're making, you know, a for, you know, a, uh, a, 
Herbert look like he's been in the system for three years. He's a fourth year starter. Mm-hmm. Now we all had uh, Florida State um, winning the ACC. Uh, I changed that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Changing it now. <laughs> yeah, I think it's. it's I think around the table, that's a yes. Well, I mean, <laughs> you you still pick in Miami? <laughs> yeah, dude, uh, I, 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 I roll with Clemson, man. Lot, lot, okay, I was going to say, a lot of stutter in there. What's, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. I, I hate mean, to go like, against them, but yeah, this is Clemson's uh, to get. So. Yeah, yeah they're, they're looking like the real deal. And I don't think there's really an argument. Yeah. All right, uh, we're about to touch on next is LSU. Uh, that was upset of the week. Um, I was not expecting that they lost 37-7 to uh, to Mississippi State. Uh, what were you guys' thoughts on that debacle? Who? Well, I mean, Mississippi State is trending up. Uh, I don't want to just take credit from the, they, they They're looking like a good team. Uh, they, they, they shot up the rankings. They're, uh, what, uh, 17 in the AP and, uh, 19 in the coaches poll for this week. But, uh, LSU just, I think we're, we're still just at that point where they don't, they don't have enough offense. Yeah. Will they ever recruit a quarterback? <sighs> Doesn't seem like it. <laughs> Monetio. Yeah. And then and then losing losing guys that that just made it worse for him and and as 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 much as that team probably loves Ed Orgeron and just how much he just seems like a perfect fit as far as coaching them, you can't lose games like that. Yeah. No, not not that. It, that that game was just embarrassing. Like, there's no other way to put that. That was an old fashioned butt whooping. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it honestly like it got to the point where you you at, at least I felt this way. Like I literally have given up on LSU, a team that played for a national championship ten years ago. Or was it less than ten years ago? The rematch, the rematch game with Alabama. Uh, like, I don't think it's. I don't think that's been ten years. No, I I can't remember what year that was. But still, like a team that was in in a national championship game within the last ten years has taken a complete one eighty and almost has zero relevance nationally now. Like they're they're still one of those SEC teams you look at and will most likely always get one of the uh, preseason and first week ranked. Ranking, yeah. But I, I'm I'm seriously starting to think that things are changing over there in Baton Rouge. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you they they put up 270 270 total yards against. Like I said, I, Mississippi State looks like a good team, so I'm not going to say they just they lost to yeah. a terrible team or anything like that. But this is LSU that you know is always. In the top half of the top 25, uh, they were number 12 walking into this game. But your quarterback throws, I mean, 
doesn't complete 50% of his passes, only throws for 137 yards. Your best back is held in check and is now questionable questionable play for this week. They just, they got to play better. <laughs> All right, guys, um, anything else to add for them? Turn it around. All right. Uh, Not much more you can say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Darnell Squad, Michigan State, they had a bye week uh, last week, so there's nothing really we can assess from them. Uh, but your Michigan play, it's hot. Uh, break them down, man. What are, you, what are your thoughts on Michigan? Man, uh, same concerns, same confidences, I guess. Uh, Wilt Spate still very, very less than mediocre. Uh, just doesn't have his mojo going. Uh, seems inaccurate. Seems shaky at times. Make a couple of good throws here and there, but this was the least productive we've seen him in two years. Yeah, go ahead. And now he has two. There. Now he has two less weapons to go to. Yeah, now, right. Yeah, Tyreek Black uh, had a foot surgery, so I'm sure he'll be out a few weeks. Uh, it was just to re- repair a a crack in his foot. I don't think they've ruled him out for the season. Yeah. I know he he's definitely out. And then uh, Ty Isaac still, might be out. Ty Isaac yeah, might be out. They were still waiting to hear on him. Yep. He, uh, it was just an upper, upper body injury, shoulder, I think is what they called it. Can't exactly remember there, but, um, yeah, just, uh, not thrilled with the offense. Uh, I mean, Ty Isaac still had a pretty productive game. I mean, 16 for 89. It's not terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, would have liked to have seen him get in the end zone. I think he, he had a touchdown taken away on about a 14, 15 yard run. Uh, got called back for a hold. So not, not much you can do there for that, uh, except not hold. But, you know, the, the defense still seems to be the real stronghold. Uh, you know, the defense held Air Force to 232 total yards. Um, I mean, granted it, it's, it's a triple option offense that, uh, their quarterback attempted nine passes. So, I mean, you can't expect a whole lot of yards simply from running the ball against a Michigan team that's pretty stout on the run. Uh, we're, we're pretty big up front. Our linebackers have a, have a good sense for the ball, but, uh, that triple option will give anybody, you know, it'll give anybody fits. You know, it's tough to, mm-hmm. it's tough to plan for that in one week. It's tough to plan for it knowing you're only going to see it once. Uh, you know, Georgia, Georgia Tech, same thing. You know, teams get frustrated when you play Georgia Tech and you play Navy. It, it, it's just the, the rarity of seeing that triple option offense. But, uh, you know, Force wrote one big pass on them. Uh, it was like a 63 yard touchdown to start the second half. Uh, and then they got a couple pretty good size runs on them. But, you know, I saw a stat that these, this two, 232 yards is like the lowest total offense Air Force has had in like the last five years. 
So, you know, you could walk away with some confidence in that with the defense, even though, you know, they gave up a few big plays and uh, had a couple moments that too confident. Um, you know, so I'll, I'll, I'll take that stat for this week, holding it versus the lowest offensive output in about five years. Um, I'll, I'll take that and run with it for sure. But uh, one more bright spot, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, was the top, uh, I believe he was the top recruit coming out of Michigan last hmm. year. Uh, wide receivers, our uh, punt return, uh, ran one for a touchdown. It was about a 75-yard punt return, 80 yards maybe. Um, had a couple nice moves and breakaway speed. Uh, actually, breakaway speed that looked like he was kind of joggy. He just got long strides, long legs. He's a big guy. Uh, so, but that, that was nice to see. Maybe that'll give him some confidence, uh, returning some punts. I'd still like to see him be a little bit smarter. I feel like he tries to return some. He could just easily fair catch and, uh, you know, it's almost like he wants the big play. Uh, it, and that could hurt you sometimes. So I, I'd like to see him call for a few more fair catches, you know, protect himself, uh, protect the ball. But, you know, he got, he got one to go to the house and, exciting yeah i i can i can see where you're going with that but with with how this offense is looking at times that you might gotta need help. him to break those games yeah yep, gotta help no for, for sure and it's it's so it's so odd to see this offense struggle after last year they put up about like 34 35 points a game mm-hmm. like it's, it, it's just weird seeing it kind of make that flip I mean, hey, it, it it's frustrating to watch, but they're they're the three and up. I don't still getting W. No, you're right, and and at this point, you you want to get into conference play undefeated. You want to, you know, at some point, just winning by any means necessary is more important than winning big. And you know, once that college football ranking starts coming out, it's it's really just win because if you if you get down to the end and you have one loss, you have a one loss or less, you're either in the playoff or you're right there to be in it. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'll I'll take three and zero for as rough as this offense has looked. Um, you know, I had, I had someone you know con- voicing their concerns of Wilton Spate to me last week, and uh, well, not last week, but uh, after the game. And and I told him I I don't think this this most recent Broncos team that won the Super Bowl is complaining that Peyton Manning was their quarterback. They were talking about how good their defense was. That and everyone's aware that that defense won that Super Bowl, very mediocre, but he managed the game. And for some reason, I'm paralleling that to this Michigan team right now. We have a quarterback that can just manage it and do enough, but the defense is going to have to carry this team. And if that's the case. Hey, that's fine by me. Uh, the defense will just need to keep this pace up. I can I can see the parallel there, but with Spade, he's gonna have to stop giving it to the other team. No, I, oh, I, yeah, and I can I completely agree. I, I'm not saying like he can just yeah. do this all season. He still has to clean it up. But yeah. uh, you know, I guess the positive there is he didn't have a. Uh, I don't believe he threw an interception last week, so. That's true. Baby steps. <laughs> I was just about to ask you, man. I uh, should have added this to the victims, but uh, your squad, they played Purdue this week, man. Purdue's been looking oh. pretty good. 
Uh, yeah. Are uh, you nervous yeah. at all? Uh, I, I, I don't think nervous is the right word, but concerned. Okay. Um, the reason I'd be concerned is, like I said, this, this offense from Michigan hasn't done a whole lot to speak of. Uh, and the one thing I think we cannot, well, the one thing I think Michigan can't allow themselves to do this weekend is let Purdue hang around. Uh, Michigan's on the road. Um, it's a late afternoon game. It's a four o'clock start, I believe. Um, so I, I just don't think they can let a team hang around. You know, they kind of let Air Force hang around. They let Cincinnati hang around. I just hope that it doesn't become habit that they play down with their opponents. I'd like to see them get out to an early lead, hold it, maintain it, uh, grow on it, uh, and actually look like a top 10 team. Uh, but, on the road, it'll, it'll, it'll be a tough game. Like you said, Purdue's been impressive. Uh, they've turned a lot of heads. Just, I, I don't think they can let Purdue hang around, especially, you know, into the fourth quarter. All right. Uh, anything that's on that, Darno? Nope. Okay. All right. Uh, we're about to talk about your squad, man. Uh, next they got Notre Dame this week. Um, just what are your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, this is a measuring stick to see uh, for a reasonable season, or are we still going to struggle this year? Uh, this will probably be the this is the biggest matchup yet. I mean, they've been taking steps up uh, in competition from the first two weeks had to buy this week, so I, I don't like early buys, but. I mean, maybe it helps out in preparation for playing a uh, Notre Dame team that looks to be on the uh, on the rise as as well. Uh, another uh, a team that's also coming off a very bad year. I like the matchup. Uh, what they what they do What they do okay, we match up well with. They seem to be a team that's going to run the ball a lot. Their quarterback isn't especially great throwing it, uh, though I do think the secondary for State is is pretty decent. Uh, but it's going to be a lot of running, I feel. But uh, we've been pretty stout uh, as far as stopping the run. So I do like that matchup. So I think it comes down to how well we stop them running and – then it goes back to the working and company being able to manufacture some points. Uh, it's a big game, and I, I, hopefully they're ready for it. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I've preached this to you before, and I mean, you know it just as well as anybody else does. The name of the game for Michigan State's always, you know, time of possession, and I think they're they're going to have to run the ball and run it effectively. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not saying. You know, they're going to have to average 10 yards a carry, but they, they, they can't leave themselves with those third and sixes, third and sevens all night. Yeah. For four third downs. Like they're, they're going to have to keep possession of the ball. I, I feel like, uh, you know, I think that defense is a little better than people thought. Um, you know, MSU is usually always pretty stout up front, uh, but the secondary was the big issues and they, they, they've looked, pretty good through three weeks. Uh, they haven't allowed really anybody to burn them. So 
Uh, I think you can take that as a positive. And like you said, I feel like this matches up very well for Michigan State. But like I said, I, I just think they have to run the ball pretty effectively here. Um, and just, just really hold on to it, limit Notre Dame's possessions, uh, make the most of the ones you have. And I, I also think this is going to be a game where you're going to have to score touchdowns. If, if it comes to a field goal battle, anybody, either team can win this game. Hmm. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be who's going to utilize the red zone better. Yeah, and, and I, I was going to say, and I know that's kind of a stupid thing to say, but with two teams that can really struggle to get into the red zone, you're really going to have to make the most of it when you get there. You may not have to walk. You're going to have to walk away with some touchdowns, not field goals. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, anything else for that? No, just make is, me feel good next week. Or this weekend. Is the game any slanting? Uh, I know it Notre is. Was it at Notre Dame the last time they played? Uh, I thought they were. I can't remember. I'll look it up. Hey, I don't know where it's at. That's why I'm asking. And I guess I could have just looked it up. No, it's at Michigan State. I got it. It's, it's, it is. It's okay, yes, it's Exa- I was just saying, I thought oh, they were at. Is this game, is that, uh, that's right. Lines? Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, 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 in, okay. it's in East Lansing. Oh, and that, 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 that'll, that'll play to Michigan State. So, that'll play to this part. All right. Um, just, you know, you guys can, you know, say your squad, but, um, got some pretty good games this week. You know, you got Michigan State, Notre Dame, uh, Ty, you know, University of Michigan playing Purdue, um, Oklahoma State uh, playing TCU. Like, uh, what what game are you guys uh, most excited for this week to check out? Well, I mean, outside of watching the State Notre Dame game, I think it is that Oklahoma State TCU game I'm looking forward to. Oklahoma State's been points down on everybody, uh, but Kansas State usually has a pretty stout defense, so I want to see if they can slow them down a little bit or an offense that is just going to run wild on teams until they get to play Oklahoma and where it might be a little bit of a shootout. Uh, but other than that, it would probably be... Uh, what is it, Georgia, Mississippi State? Uh, yep. See if how, how Mississippi State comes through uh, after that LSU win. See how they play against another uh, highly ranked team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, one that's going to fly way under the radar. But if you're if you have a cheering interest in the Big Ten or just enjoy Big Ten football, Penn State at Iowa could be a very interesting game, night game. Yeah, that's... Uh, you know that game trapped Michigan last year. Could have trapped Penn State this year. Uh, that could very well be a, uh, you know, just a very interesting one. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if it's a blowout at halftime, or I wouldn't be shocked if it's super close. Like it's going to go one or the other. There, there's no way Iowa's going to blow out Penn State, but it's either going to be close or a Penn State blowout. Like that's just how those games tend to be. Uh, other than you know that, obviously the one Starnell said. How can you not be looking at those games? Uh, 
but one more that I think could be pretty interesting would be UCLA and Stanford. Both teams are kind of going in the wrong direction. Uh, yeah. We're kind of getting what we thought we were going to get out of UCLA until they had that massive comeback against Texas A&M. And then last week they got caught in that shootout with Memphis. Then Memphis ended up falling out. I mean, Josh Rhodes was in stacking up the numbers, but the team's not winning. And I understand, you know, NFL scouts aren't looking for, well, what was your college record? But, I mean, you tend to get remembered by how your team's performed in college. So, um, it'll be interesting. Both teams need a win. Stanford's at home. Um, I think that game could be very fun. Right, guys. Uh, anything else to add for NCAA football? Oh, oh. All right. Okay, we're about to hop into some NFL. Uh, this first thing we're about to get into, we've got to discuss them Detroit Lions. Uh, they pulled off a W against the Giants. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on this Lions uh, team early into the season? Uh, I, I I guess I'll start by saying one pride. Detroit versus everybody. <laughs> Let's go 2-0 and NFC North division leaders. I'll start by saying that. I will then follow that up by saying they beat a Arizona team that's looking bad. And they beat a New York team that can't find offense if it was two inches in front of their face. Um, granted, I think the New York win was still a very good win. It was Monday Night Football, prime time, uh, looked good. Both both sides of the ball. I mean, Stafford didn't have a big game. Abdullah had one of his better games, almost rushed for 100 yards. He rushed for 86 yards on like four, 14 or 16 carries or something like that. So yeah, a pretty respectable game there. But this Lions defense is looking pretty good. And I don't know if that's because they played two, for lack of a better term, inept offenses. But, I mean, they're creating turnovers. They're getting to the quarterback. And the pass rush was going to be a very big concern for them coming into the season. And it doesn't look like it's an issue at all right now. Uh, I mean, like I said, the two opponents aren't necessarily impressive. A combined one and three. but you know, hey, they're on the schedule. Uh, Detroit has tended to face plant when they get in the national spotlight. And I just feel like that that was a really good confidence boosting win for them. And it's starting to turn a lot of heads, which if you're a Detroit Lions fan, you kind of feel like this is the respect that they've never really got, uh, especially when they have done well before. But, uh, you know, coming up, very big game home against uh, Atlanta. Th- this game, is going to tell a lot about the team. Uh, even if they, if if they win, I you know I think a lot of people will start talking, probably a little bit bigger than they should. But if they lose, I hope they lose close, and we still gain a lot of respect out of it. Because I, I think this team is promising. I think they're showing some flashes of some really really good play from a lot of positions, and I don't want, I don't want to see them get way under the radar, because I think they're better than that. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I mean, you, they, they're they 
I don't think anybody was going to take that away from anybody, uh, especially once you get to the NFL level where you only have 16 games. Uh, wins are hard to come by. And with the Lions, especially on a big stage where the lights are on, they seem to be unable to come by. But they've done it two straight weeks. Uh, yes, it's against two teams that, at least at the moment, don't look to be very like they're going to be very good teams, uh, which that gives me a little bit of pause just because last year uh, Lions feasted on a lot of bad teams last year. Uh, but when it came to came time to close out and try to win the division, but they had a backloaded schedule where that's where the 500 plus teams were, and they they didn't get those victories. Uh, I think they have a chance early to show something this coming Sunday against Atlanta. This is kind of that that statement game. I think they can have here if they. Especially if they beat Atlanta, then I will, I will be able to say I think they're for real. Uh, but even if they play a, a legit game and just don't get the doors blown off of them, then I, I think I can feel pretty comfortable with the team. Uh, Stafford's playing well. Uh, he, he seems to have grown immensely in the last two years, honestly. And that's coming from somebody who has just never been a big Stafford fan. He, he he's showing poise. He is doing smart things, but pre-snap, uh, and he's he's not dependent on one receiver. He he's spreading the ball around, so that's that's impressed me. Uh, the defense has looked very good. Uh, I, I want to see how they look against a better offense like Atlanta next week. Uh, the Giants' old line is uh, honestly they're trash. Eric Flowers. I don't think he could uh, block a, a fly coming at his face. So, but but they did get after him. They 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 got to Eli Manning at every every chance they could get. Uh, so I mean, they just have to keep this keep this rolling and you know keep keep that let hopefully those two game, games built enough confidence in them to where they feel like they can match up with Atlanta. Yeah. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with, with Stafford there. I mean, he, this was like the least amount of yards I've seen him throw for and completely control a game. Mm-hmm. Like he had, I felt like he had complete control of the offense. Uh, the Lions kind of had complete control of the game the whole way through and Stafford didn't do anything that was very eye opening or anything like that, but he just had confidence and had control of the game, and that's something we haven't really seen him do. Uh, mainly because this is uncharted territory for him. He wasn't having to come back. All right, anything else to add for the Lions, guys? No, we just we see if it's real or not probably this weekend. Yeah. yeah. Say it to you. All right, up next, we're about to talk about the L.A. Rams. Uh, those tickets aren't doing too good over there, man, in L.A. Uh, <laughs> well, is this a bad move for the Rams? You, you guys think they should have stayed in St. Louis or what? From a perspective of if they actually wanted the 
optics of filling up your stadium, yes. I mean, I, I don't feel like I feel like it was pretty common that people pointed it out where there's been plenty of teams that have tried to be in LA. Yeah. Yeah. As far as the NFL goes and none of them lasted. I mean, I, I, I do think there's something too that it's Los Angeles, California. It's always nice out. There's always something to do there. So. Yeah. On a Sunday, I mean, going to an NFL game, like it might be fun to do on a random Sunday, but. You're probably gonna have a hard time trying to get people to file in there every Sunday when it's gorgeous out and you can go to a beach year round, basically. Yeah, and also on top of that, like when you think LA, you think USC football. You don't think LA Rams. I mean, <laughs> you, you, hey, USC comes closer to selling the place out than the Rams have so far. Like. USC, USC has dominated that city for the last whatever it's been, you know, handful of years. And I just don't think you're going to bring another football team in there and see the same type of crowd, see the same excitement. Especially a team with no history of winning anything. I mean, yeah. And, and I'm, LA is also one of those towns where, yeah, if, if it's not a glamorous event to go to where you're not going to see, the great, like one of the top couple teams in the league, hey, you're not going to draw. They made it to the uh, Super Bowl about 20 years ago. So. Yeah, Kurt Warner. <laughs> yeah, with Kurt Warner. They they had that three year one run. But they St. Louis. They St. Louis at the time. Yeah, they were yeah. St. Louis then. Still then. Yeah. Well, and, and on top of that, I mean, yes, they have Todd Gurley. But what else are you going to watch? Yeah. It's not like you're going to watch, you know, Aaron Rodgers throw the ball to Julio Jones. Yeah, sure. You know, in in my opinion, that roster doesn't even do anything exciting for me. Yeah, and just I mean, the NFL is a different kind of beast, animal. There, uh, your your major markets traditionally with pro sports, it, it just doesn't seem to work that way with the NFL. I mean, yeah, sure. like, like how the NBA, the Lakers, Knicks, they will always sell out and draw. Baseball, the Dodgers, Yankees, they'll always draw on the coast. But I mean, the the Giants, yeah, they, they get a lot of fans in there. But I mean, just Cal- L.A. has just never worked for the NFL. It's basically you got Dallas, that is your. Your prima donna team went bad or good, they're gonna always sell out and always be nationally relevant. Yeah. All right, guys. Anything else to add for the low ramps? Would you Would you guys be surprised if they move again? I mean, it won't be soon. They got to give yeah. it at least like five, six years. I think. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. But no, I wouldn't be shocked just because <laughs> history has shown that this doesn't work. Yeah. And then I guess, and then I guess a little looking into the future, will the Las Vegas Raiders work? Do you guys think that we'll see similar crowds like this? Or do you think we'll actually see a turnout? 
Vegas is another place, man, where you know you can find. I, I just, yeah, I yeah, I just don't see people showing up to a football game in Vegas. Yeah, I just don't see it. It could, you know, don't get me wrong, it's a possibility, but, you know, when I Any think of Vegas, I don't think about football, man. I'm, nope. Well, it's the land of degenerate gamblers, so <laughs> I guess there's a shot. <laughs> True. But all right, guys, uh, to close this out, uh, just about to get into uh, some of the players for this week. I know you guys are big on fantasy. Um just will some players um, in, the, in the league that you are expecting to have a breakout week uh, for week three in the NFL? My teams are 0 2. Don't talk to me about it. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Let me let me put it. Let me let me let me at least put it by saying I lost my week one matchup by five of my week two matchup by six. So in like both of my weeks. Well, no, I got blown out once. Week one because the other guy had Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill and Antonio Brown. So anyway, yeah, tough, right? But um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of it's kind of it's always hard to speculate who's going to have a big week. Um, you know, you can look at things like the matchup, uh, how how the matchup ranks, uh, you know, all this and that. But there there are just some teams that just aren't performing very well right now. Therefore, a lot of uh, players' fantasy values are very low. You know, a couple players I would mention there, like Michael Thomas, uh, through two weeks, he hasn't been super impressive. Uh, Doug Baldwin hasn't been very impressive. Uh, Julio Jones had a very quiet uh, second half last week and a pretty quiet week one. Le'Veon Bell hasn't gone off yet, so and he's played the Browns. So it, to me, it's very it's super hard to speculate who's going to have a you know, really big week. I wouldn't be shocked if some of our bigger weeks this week come from a come from defenses. You know, you have a lot of a lot of defenses with opportunities to score big. The Packers play uh, Cincinnati, whose offense hasn't done anything. Anybody who's played Houston can have a big week. The Jets could have if you're playing against the Jets could have a big week. Uh, you could always have a big week against the Bears. Uh, I. As weird as it is to say, I feel like we're going to see a lot of points out of defenses this year. Yeah, things tend to be, well, seem to be trending that way. Uh, but, but I guess if I have to call out a couple names where, based on looking at who they're playing, they probably should have breakouts this week after starting slow. Uh, one, you mentioned Ty. Uh, I think Bell finally has that breakout against Chicago. It's another bad team that he's playing, and he's had a couple of weeks now to get back into the swing of things. So I, th- I think this is the week where he we have that normal Le'Veon Bell game. And on the other side, I say Cam Newton, seeing as he is, since he is going up against that god awful Saints defense, I think this is this is where he gets to let loose and and do some things. Yeah, um, so so then who do you think becomes the biggest beneficiary of Cam Newton in a big week? Is it Calvin Benjamin? Uh, do we see Christian McCaffrey maybe hit the end zone? Like who, who would you say tends to be one of the bigger beneficiaries? I think it's probably going to be Benjamin. Yeah, it would, it would almost have to be. Big target, yeah. uh, especially since they lost Olsen last week. 
you know, that, that definitely opens up some targets for someone like Benjamin Big Ten. Um, I, and so I guess since Darnell named a few names, if I have to put, put a name out there, I'd probably say Russell Wilson. Uh, he's had two really poor weeks, uh, playing the 27th ranked defense, or, uh, he's not playing the 27th ranked defense. Uh, the player I'm going to mention because of that, uh, Doug Baldwin, uh, they are 27th against the, against the pass. So, uh, I, I see Doug Baldwin and Russell Wilson both having a nice week. Uh, week one, they gave up two touchdowns to the, to the Raiders. Uh, last week, the Titans gave up one touchdown to the, uh, very terrible Blake Bortles and that offense. So, yeah, I, I can see Seattle starting to click a bit on offense. Uh, and I, I think Russell Wilson has a pretty nice week. All right, guys. Uh, anything else to add uh, for NFL or like fantasy football? Don't. It's it's all luck anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I mean, granted, yeah, yeah. You can start guys over others and make it a good decision, but like you could have a sure thing, and then your guy go out with an injury or have the worst game of his career. Like it's it's all possible. It's all possible. Uh, how's your squads going, uh, so far, Darnell? Oh. I am 2-0 and in both of my leagues. Highest point scorer in one. So, uh, my, my esteemed drafting skills are paying off already. Alright, man. We- well, Ty, you might need a mentor hey, hey, for that next I, year, man. Well, that's that's true, but uh, my my brother and I are in a league fifty fifty. We split the entry fee, um, and we're we're two and zero with the most points scored in that league as well. Um, okay. Basically, somehow, if you ended up with Kareem Hunt this year, you're probably two and zero. But but you know, like I like I mentioned a minute ago, a lot of a lot of usual fantasy studs haven't performed yet. So uh, a lot of teams can still turn it around. Season's not over. Still early. Yeah, still very early. All right, guys. Y'all ready for the pickums? Still. Yep. All right, for NCAA, uh, Ty's in last place. Uh, 12-17. Fake news. Yeah. <laughs> fake news. <laughs> After this week, fake news. Yeah. And me and Darnell, we're tied for number one, 13 to 17. NFL seems like we're back on that bullshit from last year. I was starting <laughs> off. I'm 4 for 11. Tyler's 5 for 11. Darnell is over 500, uh, with six out of 11. So me and Ty, we got to step our games up on this. And this is the week. Yeah. Hey, quit trying to drag me down to you guys with your sub five hundred play. Hey, if you can't beat them, hurt them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, for NFL this week, I try not to pick the same, uh, you know, teams and everything every week. Uh, even though I've got a couple in there. So started off our pickles. We got game of the week: Cleveland versus Indianapolis. <laughs> I, I will admit it. I think both of in terms of fantasy football, both of these defenses could have a pretty nice day. And probably the low 
scoring game we'll see all year. Oh, um, but, yeah, but but honestly, here um, a part of me actually really wants to pick Cleveland. Indianapolis has just been that bad. Literally handed Arizona a win last week. Yeah. Um, give me Cleveland. I was gonna say it's not part of me. All of me is picking Cleveland. <laughs> uh, wow. I'm, I'm I'm not rolling with Tolzine anywhere. Well, it's <laughs> it's Brissett now. Oh yeah, that's true. But it's his first game. But yeah, uh, I'm still rolling with Cleveland. Yeah, I'll in, take Cleveland. Yeah, give me Indianapolis, man. I'll, I'll just uh, go against the Bears. It's good to know your football knowledge is the reason you're making that pick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, up next, we have Oakland versus Washington. Yeah, I haven't seen enough out of Washington yet, especially passing the ball. Give me Oakland. They played a little better last week, but I'll agree. Uh, I, don't, I don't think they they got enough. I, they can possibly make it a shootout, but I just think Oakland has a little too much for them with their offense. Yeah, give me Oakland as well. Um, up next, we have another instant classic. We have the Rams versus the 49ers. Rams. Yeah, Rams defense is <laughs> going to they, – they should be able to win this game. Yeah, give me the Rams as well. All right, and then up next, we have uh, ATL versus Detroit. Uh, this will be the game where Detroit can really show people that they are for real this year. Uh, who you guys got? Do I want to pad my stats, or do I want to be the homer? Hey, you already said Detroit versus everybody, yeah, sir. I know. Yeah, give me the Lions. <laughs> no regrets. No regrets. Give me, give me the Falcons. I'm sorry. Uh, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, no, you're not sorry. Uh, yeah, give me a uh, hot land as well. Uh, I just think they're a little bit too much for Detroit. And last but not least, we got them Cowboys versus Arizona. Give me the Cowboys big. You give me Dallas. Trey, you better pick Arizona. Hey, give me Dallas. Man. <laughs> uh, give me Dallas, man. Bad luck, Sharon. If I lose this, if I lose this, uh, then I, I won't be mad either way. So. Well, yeah, you'll probably just pick Dallas the rest of the year. He will play. I try not to pick the same teams every week. Dallas, 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 Dallas. <laughs> oh, man. All right, uh, NCAA. I decided to add it, uh, so we're going to go UM, University of Michigan versus Purdue. Uh, I think this is going to be a good game to watch. Uh, that being said, give me Purdue with the upset. Well, yeah, give me Michigan. I'm kind of leaning with that upset, too. I'm going with the Boilermakers. Ooh. All right. Free, free win. <laughs> <laughs> All tied up on the overall count. <laughs> All right. Uh, up next, we have Iowa versus Penn State. I think this will be another good Big Ten game. Penn State. Yeah, going with the Nittanys. They're not, they're not messing around. All right. I've got the Nittanys as well. And we have TCU versus Oklahoma State. Okie. Give me them Cowboys. Uh, I agree. Oklahoma State. Same here. 
Then up next we have UCLA versus Stanford. I'm going to go with Stanford. Uh, I know I picked Stanford last time. Actually, give me UCLA here. Big, big, big offense. Oh, yeah. Uh. Uh. <laughs> give me UCLA. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Yeah, did, did I tell you how I feel about that one? Yeah. It's not like it's easy to pick. Yeah. And last but not least, we got to close it with Darnell Squad. We got MS Who versus Notre Dame. Yeah, we all know who Darnell's. <laughs> I'm going with the good guys. Yeah. All right. Going with, go with the good guys. Um,. Yeah, I'll I'll take Michigan State at home. They always seem to pull one out. Maybe little Giants will make an appearance again. Another heart attack. Another I think if, there's, heart attack. if there's anything Brian Kelly is going to look out for, it will be a fake field goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's still give me MSU at home. Yeah. Part of me wants to uh, pick Michigan State just to see if my bad luck can roll on. All of me doesn't <laughs> want you to pick Michigan State. <laughs> but I, I will. I'm going to go with Notre Dame on this one, man. So, see how this plays off. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, anything else to add before we close this out? Uh, just you're not allowed to pick my teams anymore. <laughs> yeah, thanks for not picking Michigan. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. No problem, guys. All right, guys, I appreciate y'all for tuning in to the show. As always, uh, you can catch this podcast on podcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, whatever. Just hit us up in the search engine, and we should be popping up instantly. Um, also, uh, feel free to follow us on Twitter at BKM underscore cast. Um, and we'll be catching you guys next week on the next episode. Peace.